Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's show, I am sharing my conversation with Gospel Rescue Mission. I'm speaking with... Victor Hightower. I'm the marketing manager at Gospel Rescue Mission. Although Gospel Rescue Mission has been serving those facing homelessness for years in our community, will you start off by sharing with me the mission and vision of Gospel Rescue Mission and kind of how it got started? So yeah, it got started in 1953. Um, Ray Chastain, who is coincidentally Lisa's grandfather, started the mission back then, serving the hobos, as they called them back then, riding the rails into Tucson, uh, just serving initially, feeding them food, and we expanded to offer more services and then expanded and became a shelter. And for decades, we were at the 28th Street location in South Tucson. And then in 2007, I think it was, we opened the Women's Center on Miracle Mile, moved that to a new location on Miracle Mile. And then we've been needing to expand the Men's Center for a while in South Tucson. We only had 55 beds. We had to reduce the bed count for fire code regulations. And um, we've been looking for a new place. Umberto Lopez from the H.S. Lopez Family Foundation on his own wanted to invest in the community. Um, He had this vision for a place where the homeless could get all their services, programs, shelter in one location. You know, if you've ever taken the bus, you know, if you want to go to two places, like here to get a flu shot and there to sign up for uh, benefits, that's an all-day trip. Yeah. So he uh, he, he approached us and I'm a supporter of yours. I like what you're doing. I'd like you to be involved with this. And I think our board kind of was shocked at the offer. It was a great offer, a huge project. So they wanted some time to think about it. And then Mr. Lopez came back a few months later and said, I bought the property. I want you to manage it. So thus was born the H.S. Lopez Family Foundation Center of Opportunity on, on South Palo Verde Road. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a five-acre, one-stop campus, one-stop shop where the homeless can come and get shelter, food, obviously, clothing, hygiene. Uh, we have employment housing and recovery programs. Basically, you can come in if you're broken, come in and get healed, get a job, find a place to live. And pretty soon, La Frontera is going to be opening a a six-story tower, as we call it, for low-income housing, permanent low-income housing on the site. So it's great. Everything you need in one spot, medical care, dental Mm -hmm. care, mental health care, veterans benefits. It's all there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, And something interesting, you also help making connections for people who are facing homelessness so they can get back on their feet, such as um, helping with identification and stuff like that. Is that correct? Yes. So the Homeless ID Project is there to help people get IDs. Um, We won't turn anybody away. We want to help everybody we can. That's one of the services, yeah, that we offer is Mm -hmm. the ID. The main ones being El Rio is there for medical and dental. We have uh, the Wellbeing Institute providing mental health care. So the last time I got to speak with Gospel Rescue Mission, it was back just before Christmas. Can you tell me a bit about the impact you were able to make in 2021, since it was still a challenging year, like we've been facing for a while now? Yeah, it it was. We cut our bed count in half um, just to keep people sort of socially distanced and spread out so we wouldn't have any rampant COVID Mm -hmm. issues in there. And we were pretty successful at that. We had a few issues. But one of the buildings on site is, we call them the casitas. Those were the old like hotel suites, mm-hmm. the two-room suites. So we had some of those set aside. We still have some of those set aside as sort of isolation rooms. So if anybody gets sick, we were able to isolate them there so they wouldn't you know affect the whole population. But we kept charging ahead with all of our programs. We did really, really well. You know, Unemployment was obviously an issue, has been an issue mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. 
But last year, we were able to help uh, over 400 people find jobs. Oh, wow. So 400 people are, are employed through our workforce development program last year, and we helped about 360 people f- find a permanent home. Part of the way we look at homelessness is, is not only getting people off the streets, but it's addressing what caused them to be mm-hmm. homeless in the first place. So we want to help them become successful and self-sufficient. And if that's, you know, you're on hard economic times, well, we want to help you find a job. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford where you're living, we want to help you find a, a place that you can afford. If you want to learn new job training or new job skills, that's another service we're going to offer soon is not only helping people find jobs, but offering you know marketable skills on site. So mm-hmm. like construction skills, culinary skills, learning how to get a, a CDL, a commercial driving license, maybe drive a forklift, learn some IT skills to make you more marketable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more than just getting someone out of homelessness. They need to be able to thrive after exactly. they have. To um, help them transform, find what made them homeless in the first place and address that, not just get them off the street. So it's a permanent, life-changing, new beginning, transformation program. We are in that time of year uh, tax season. Yay. So I know. <laughs> I, I made my appointment. And from what I understand, Gospel Rescue Mission is able to provide many of their services because of these tax credit yes. donations. Yes. Can you help explain to me the significance of using these donations and some of how they are used? Sure. So first of all, we don't take government funding. Mm-hmm. We rely completely on the community support. And Tucson is a wonderful, loving, supportive place for that. Um, the tax benefit is is wonderful uh, you can donate up to $400, and that can come straight out of your taxes. So you get a credit against what you owe in state taxes. And that's if you're filing single. If you're married and filing jointly, that's up to $800. Mm. So basically, if you owe $750 to the state in taxes and you're filing jointly, you're not going to pay that money to the state. You're going to give it to us, mm-hmm. ultimately. So kind of, you're kind of redirecting your taxes to support people in need. Yeah, you get to have a direct say in where your tax money is going. That's a really good way to put it. Mm -hmm. You're not just donating it to the state to decide where your money is going to go. You say exactly where it's going. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want to help support. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and I'm speaking with Victor Hightower, Marketing Manager at Gospel Rescue Mission. So something Gospel Rescue Mission is well known for is your holiday celebrations. And Easter is coming up. So can you tell me about the plans you have for 2022? Yes. So a lot of people know us for our street banquets, which we had been doing for about 34 years, 33, 34 years. Um, At the old location, we'd block the street off and fill it with tables and chairs and have volunteers come out to serve people on the spot. When COVID hit, we, we did it once. So let me back up. When we moved to the Center of Opportunity, we did... The Thanksgiving banquet inside, which was great, and then COVID hit, and you know everything changed mm-hmm. with COVID. So we came up with the idea of Blessings to Go, which was initially a drive-through where people could drive through the property. We give them food boxes. We got pallets of food from the food bank. We were just loading people's trunks up with food boxes and cases of whatever produce we had. Mm-hmm. So we shifted the next twenty, maybe twenty twenty Thanksgiving banquet to that mode, where we would have people drive through and they get the meal to go. We still had seats outside for people who don't drive. This year, with the Easter brunch, we're doing it full on, come in, sit down, or drive through. So it's a choice. Okay. Almost so, like a hybrid model. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good, a good way to look at it. In South Tucson, a lot of the people who came to get the meals were right there. But our location now is it's off a bus line, so it's not totally remote. But there's not a lot of residential area in the, around there. So we're thinking that we may still have a lot of people who want to drive through and get the meal. 
And part of what we do, not only do we help the people who come to us for services, but we reach out into the community to people who may be on the brink of homelessness Mm -hmm. to provide resources to them like non-perishable food, hygiene products, uh, furniture, household goods. You know, we don't want people to have to decide, well, am I going to pay my electric bill or am I going to go buy food? Mm -hmm. So we want to help them. So part of the reason we're keeping that hybrid mode, as you call it, is to reach those people who might want to drive through and get a meal. But we still know that there are a lot of people in Tucson who live on the street. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to serve them too. So it's, you can walk up, um, and come up and sit down and be served a hot meal, or you can drive through and get a hot meal. What is the date of this year's Easter so blessing? that's on Good Friday, April 15th, from 11 to 2. And who is it all open for? We say if you're in need, if you'd like help, come by, but we're not going to turn anybody away. Mm-hmm. As long as we've got food, we'll serve. <laughs> yeah, so we spoke briefly about the tax credit donations, but understandably, during these times, there are some folks who have had to tighten their own budgets. And... What are some other ways that people can show support without necessarily financial support? Well, prayer is always good. Mm-hmm. We do have a good, uh, a big volunteer program. That's a good way to do, uh, to support us. You can sign up online and come in and take a tour of the location, a tour the Center of Opportunity and our Women's Recovery Center, which used to be our Women and Children's Center on Miracle Mile. We still have that. Some things that volunteers do, we treat people with dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. We want people to come in and feel that, you know, they're not in a home, but they're being treated as if they were in a home, so not like an institution. Part of the way we do that is our guests sit down and they're served their meals by volunteers. Mm-hmm. So you don't shuffle through a line like you're in a cafeteria or some other institution. You get treated with love. People um, serve you there, talk to you, converse you, you know, build relationships. So that's one thing you can do. You can help prep the food. Uh, you can work with landscaping, with maintenance, um, prayer teaching classes. We have a whole range of things that that volunteers. We can't do, I like to say, half of what we do without volunteers. So -hmm. that's another good way for for you to support us. Mm -hmm. And do you accept in-kind donations? Absolutely. You don't, because you don't have a thrift store or anything like that. Where do your in-kind donations go? So we don't sell anything. Mm -hmm. We have a crew that goes out and picks up donations through the community, or you can drop off at either location. So we get a lot of clothing, a lot of furniture, everything from kitchen dishes and knives and forks and spoons or up to couches and washing machines. We get cars. We had a trailer once, a mobile home once. We use whatever we can on site to support our guests. Then, as I said, we reach out to the community. You can, If you need furniture, you need your house furnished, we might be able to help you. When our people finish a program and get a home and move out, we'll furnish the home for them if they don't have anything. Wonderful. And beyond that, we have partners throughout the community. Uh, like we used to give out clothing on site in South Tucson. We don't do that anymore. We distribute it through different uh, partners like Northminster Presbyterian who have their own on-site outre- outreaches, so we help support them. Everything uh, we get, we use, we don't sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much everything just kind of goes right back out. And I saw that, was it 88 cents 88. of every dollar? Yeah, yeah. so... The direct service percentage, we call it. So out of everything that's donated, 88 cents goes directly to services. So the other 12 cents is admin costs, fundraising, things like that. So we like to keep it high 80s because it shows that we're a good steward of your money. We're, we're doing what you want us to do with mm-hmm. your money mm-hmm. and your time and your gift and your in-kind donations. Well, Victor, is there anything else you would like to add on before we kind of wrap things up today? Yeah, the Easter Blessings to Go, again, is uh, Good Friday, April 15th from 11 to 2. You can go to grmtucson.com to donate or to volunteer. If you're hungry and you want a meal, you can drive through or walk up and sit down and be served. 
And um, yeah, just thank you to Tucson for the incredible support that uh, you keep providing over these years and helping us serve those in need. Well, Victor, before I let you go, can you just share with me again the best way to get in contact with Gospel Rescue Mission for anyone wanting to learn more, find out about about volunteer opportunities, or make a donation? Absolutely. Go to grmtucson.com. You'll see the link to donate, the link to volunteer, or if there's a programs page if you're looking for help Mm -hmm. that describes what we offer. Well, thank you so much for giving us this update and letting us know about the plans for... Thanks for uh, your support and for having me here today. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and that was Victor Hightower, Marketing Manager at Gospel Rescue Mission. For the next portion of today's program, I am sharing a recent conversation I had on Zoom with Sarsef. I am speaking with... My name is Danny Wright, and I'm the Director of Volunteers and Events at Sarsef. And this time of year, I serve as the Sarsef Regional Fair Director. Let's start at the beginning, SARSEF, who you are, what this organization is, and a bit of its history and how it got started. Yeah, definitely. SARSEF, the Southern Arizona Research Science and Engineering Foundation, um, has been around for years. You know, and so as we talk about the the SARSEF Fair, which is has the longest history as far as our, our programs, this year is the 67th annual fair. So this fair has been around for, for decades and many individuals in Southern Arizona are, are well aware of the fair when they hear SARSEF. And so SARSEF's mission, um, our, our mission is every child thinking critically, solving problems. You know, so we really focus on creating and working with schools and parents and caregivers to help children develop those critical thinking skills, those problem-solving skills, so that they can have the tools that they need to to become wonderful members of our society, you know, thinkers and problem solvers and um, solving the problems of the future. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those, uh, those skills you pick up in science and engineering are applicable to the rest of life as well. Like you mentioned with the critical thinking, it all can tie it together. Absolutely. Yeah. And so February 28th through March 5th is the SARSEF Regional Science and Engineering Fair. Final day, March 5th, Saturday, is the Community STEM Expo. So from what I understand, this is a reimagined version of an event from previous years. Can you tell me a bit more about the expo and the evolution of this event? As everyone has seen, events take different shapes over the last two years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We were in the middle of Fair Week um, of 2020 when aspects of of our lives, you know, started to be rein in and shut down due to the pandemic. And at that time in 2020, everything happened in and prior, everything happened at the TCC at the Tucson Convention Center in person. We'd have all the projects there in person. And then on a Friday, we'd have what was called a future innovators night where different STEM professionals around the community would come in and, ha- and kids could come do hands-on science and see all of these amazing projects and all of this amazing research that the young researchers, the young scientists and engineers in Arizona had done. And then on Saturday, there was award ceremonies again inside at the TCC. Last year, our fair was 100% virtual. Mm-hmm. So everything 
pivoted over to virtual, we had a virtual exhibit hall where people could go still look at hundreds of projects and judge them. We performed interviews over Zoom and we learned a lot. We had to innovate and there were definitely things that we would have maybe never even tried, you know, as we teach all of our students to be able to problem solve when presented with new information and when presented with new issues or ways that they have to think around things. Mm -hmm. So for this year, you know, based on our feedback that we got last year, we are doing a hybrid event. So much of what we maybe never would have done as far as virtual projects go, we maybe never would have tried. We see that it opened doors for so many students. It leveled the playing field for so many of those underserved populations that we that we seek to serve. We continued with the virtual project this year because of that, because it made it more accessible actually to, to so many other students to be able to perform projects and not have to print out things mm -hmm. to put on a project board. They had a lot of free resources doing, doing this uh, in the virtual manner, uh, but we really, really missed meeting together and having some mm -hmm. of those, those in-person aspects of the fair. And so the way we conceived it this year was to have a large outdoor celebration mm -hmm. that we could really uh, reduce the, the chance of infection, that we could spread out more. Uh, but we really wanted to have that big celebration to celebrate the kids and to celebrate all of the, the hard work and research they've done in, in these years where, where it's even harder to, to get together and do those things. So we uh, re-envisioned the Future Innovators Night as the STEM Expo and combined it with the award ceremony. So the award ceremony is happening outdoors at the George Demeester Outdoor Performance Center at Reed Park. And the surrounding areas will have tents with different STEM exhibitors, some different hands-on activities for kids and families to attend, uh, food trucks so people can eat together. And so it should be a really, really fun way to celebrate these, these thousands of kids who have yeah. done to have done research in such a difficult year. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, it was a difficult year, but at the same time, it was an opportunity to practically apply some of those skills and lessons that they've been learning to develop while studying STEM. Uh, so kind of let's just start with that definition of STEM real quick in case anyone is unfamiliar. What does STEM necessarily mean? Yeah, so it's kind of a catch-all term for a few different subjects. Mm -hmm. So we have S as science, T is technology, um, E is engineering, and M is mathematics. And sometimes you also hear it referred to as STEAM, and sometimes people put art in there okay. as well. And they are some of the subjects that sometimes are being cut out of schools, actually. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that those these skills that, that we learn when we, when we have a scientific or engineering approach to any subject, you know, like you, like you said, that the things that people learn by taking that approach through science and engineering, performing what we call iterations as we get new information and we perform tests, doing a test on something and then improving upon an idea, you know, as we apply those, we can apply those things in so many different areas. And we've seen as we look at where careers and job needs are later, later on, we're seeing so many more are technical jobs mm -hmm. and so many more uh, different industries are needing these kinds of thinkers. I actually have a background in the arts. I studied theater arts in college, mm -hmm. and I have seen so much how my STEM thinking, my the, the way that I approach a problem, even in theater, when I'm stage managing a, a show, that those problem solving skills that came as a direct result from from studying different STEM subjects 
has directly helped me in in my industry and in my in my pursuit. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and I am speaking with Danny Wright, Director of Volunteers and Events at SARCEF, the Southern Arizona Research, Science, and Engineering Foundation, who also serves as the SARCEF Regional Fair Director. With the Community STEM Expo, what what ages will this expo be appropriate for? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, really, I would say all ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some of the activities might might be a little bit more appropriate for potentially ages like five to 13, um, some of those hands-on activities. But we also have an amazing way for teenagers and high school students to meet with STEM professionals at some of these exhibitors. These these different supporters of SARCEF are invested in connecting with the next generation of workforce individuals. So even those older kids who may not be as exciting. I don't know. I still get excited about doing different hands-on science and engineering projects, but someone who might think that 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 is too, you know, juvenile for them. This is an opportunity for them to network. This is an opportunity for them to talk to real scientists and engineers and make those connections and get excited about um, what they might move on to next. Yeah, that'd actually be kind of a great opportunity imagining even like a junior or senior in high school who's Mm -hmm. trying to think of what is their next step, even just to kind of see what it's about, see what's out there and like what's available. Um, Absolutely. So can you give me some examples of what attendees can expect if they come out to the expo on Saturday, March 5th? Yes. You know, midday there will be food trucks, which is always exciting yeah, and fun. Yeah, food truck? Um, exactly. <laughs> we, have, we have some some sweet ones and some savory ones and a wide variety of foods. So there should be a lot of excitement there. There are three award ceremonies, one for the elementary school awards, One for something we call sponsored awards, which are all kinds of different organizations and individuals who want to encourage kids in science, to encourage kids to do this research. So that's not just a first, second, or third. That might be excellent award in energy and an energy project, excellent award in water conservation. And so there's a more really specific awards where an organization might want to encourage a specific type of research. And then in the afternoon, we have the middle school and high school awards. So throughout the day, we have those award ceremonies. And in between those award ceremonies, we have different entertainment acts. So we have Stories That Soar. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, know Stories That Soar from the outreach that they do at, at different schools. So they will be performing at the expo. And then Beside the, the things that are happening on stage, we'll have those, all those exhibitor tents. You know, so those will be people ranging from Project WET, from Tucson Water, from the College of Optical Sciences. We have so many different groups from Arizona that will come to, to tell people about what they are doing with their STEM research and have some, something for everyone. Giveaways, of course, free swag, things yeah. like that, um, and then and then the activities for kids. Yeah, I did see something about a, a scavenger hunt or something going on yes. as well during the fair. I also noticed something about a SARCEF Science Mart. Can you tell me just a bit more about what that is? Yeah, that's always really fun and really popular throughout the fair. Um, we have t-shirts, jewelry, you know, those basically are SARCEF swag. Yeah. You know, everyone is, especially those children who participated in, in a science and engineering research project, we have a little a free gift for them as well. For anyone who did research, not even just the finalists at SARCEF, but anyone who did research this year, anything from the Science Mart uh, supports SARCEF and the work that we're doing, but also you can be proud of being a part of this organization. Mm-hmm. 
start a conversation too, you know? <laughs> exactly. Totally. Totally. Um, who all is the STEM Expo open to? Is this community wide? Yes, it's open to everyone. It's it's open to everyone. And same with our, you know, our future innovators night of years of years past. That was always the public day where people in the community can come see the amazing work that that these children are doing. Part of the expo will have the innovators hall. People can look at the actual projects that the different SARSA finalists have prepared this year. So there are, we have over 1,500 projects that students submitted to SARSEF that they qualified at their school level and have moved on to SARSEF. That is more projects than we had last year, which we know for, for so many this year was even more difficult at school than last year. So we were so excited to see that students are still absolutely committed to doing research research, science and engineering research, to asking questions, to wondering about things and making plans to solve them. And so at this Innovators Hall tent, you can actually, there'll be a bunch of kiosks where you can browse those projects. You can look at this amazing research that that all of these students are doing. So our hope is that it inspires children and adults alike to keep noticing things, keep wondering about things and keep trying to, to do what they can do to help make the world a better place. Absolutely. So can you just give me a rundown of the need to knows about the uh, Community Expo that's coming up on March 5th? Yes, absolutely. So the need to knows, the expo starts at nine o'clock in the morning. The exhibitors will be there from nine to three. And it is taking place at Reed Park at the Bandshell, the George Demeester Outdoor Performance Center, which is closest to Country Club and 22nd. And so people can find parking nearby there and come visit. Those award ceremonies, the elementary school award ceremony will be at 10 o'clock. The sponsored award ceremony will be at 12. And the high school, the middle school and high school award ceremony will be at three. And so around 4.30ish is when that last award ceremony will end, where we learn the top prizes who get to represent Southern Arizona to go to the International Science and Engineering Fair. Oh, wonderful. And when is that? And where's that located? The international? We're still seeing if it's going to be in person or hybrid, um, but it it takes place in May. Oh, cool. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Before I let you go, um, can you just tell us where to go for all of this information or follow up on any questions people may have had? Yeah, definitely. So our website is www.sarsef.org, www.sarsef.org. S-E-F. There at our blog, it's your guide to fair week. And you can see all of the different uh, information about what is happening for the science and engineering fair on that website. You can also see if you want to participate and how to volunteer. You can see different ways that you can volunteer and make a difference and encourage these kids in, in the research that they're doing. And then also specifically about the community STEM expo for those who are interested in stopping by. Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for giving us this update and letting us know about what is coming up for the SARSEF Fair. And I very much thank you for your time. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and that was Danny Wright, Director of Volunteers and Events at SARSEF. 
the Southern Arizona Research, Science, and Engineering Foundation, who also serves as the SARCEF Regional Fair Director. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of our Lifestyle Tucson program, you can reach out to me, Riley, by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the program or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, or espntucson.com.